Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. But it is the pain that God has allowed to be in that place that is positioning you to get into God's presence, which is positioning you to receive power, to eventually receive your promise. We run from pain so much, but it is the pain and it is the pressure that God is exerting on you through the Paniah that will cause you to bring forth your Samuel. Because without the power, rather without the pain, or the pressure of the Paniah, your Samuel will never come forth. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Today we're going to speak from the subject of, You're hurting me. You're hurting me. Let me tell you this that pain in this life is not meant to be perpetual perpetual pain is actually not authorized in the new testament you're not supposed to be perpetually in pain there is actually one place there's only one place really that perpetual pain that is ongoing pain never-ending pain is actually authorized And that's in hell, the physical, rather the spiritual, literal hell. You're not there. Praise God. And you better thank God you're not there. Hallelujah. Perpetual, perpetual pain, a life of perpetual pain, a life of perpetual agony and torment and sadness is actually not authorized by Jesus Christ. How do I know this? Because Jesus said that I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The Lord said that he, w- he wished, uh, Lord, that he desires that you would be in health and prosper even as your, your soul prospers. The Father says he has wonderful plans for you and I. Plans to do you good. Plans to give you hope and an expected end. Plans to give you a future, better days. So perpetual perpetual pain, perpetual agony, perpetual torment is not in the plan of God for your life. Pain is only seasonal at best in this life. Torment is seasonal at best in this life. Now there is some pain and agony, of course, that we can bring on ourselves. And then there is other pain and agony that that comes upon us and we are meant to resist it and it flees that too is momentary but then there is other pain that is meant to lead us into God's presence and through his presence it's meant to lead us into power from pain into his presence to power and then ultimately to receive your promise Pain is meant to lead you into his presence and then in his presence to receive power, then to receive your promise. Pain, presence, power, promise, pain, presence, power, promise. But even this pain is momentary. It is not meant to be perpetual. You would do well to know this. Again, let's go ahead and speak from the subject of, you're hurting me. You're hurting me. 
Let's go to 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel, the first chapter, 1 Samuel, the first chapter, verse number, uh, we'll really read uh, verses 1 through 8 today. We won't get to them all. If the Lord is willing, we'll get back into this on next week and then the following week, if that is his desire. Last week, we talked about the Leah generation. The Leah generation. If you were not here to hear that, I, I would advise you definitely to go online and and avail yourself to that message, the Leah generation, because we're going to sort of take off uh, from that message. We talked about Leah and, and Rachel on last week, and there's a prophetic word that's there that you need to glean from. Today, we're going to be talking about two other ladies uh, and, uh, and Elkanah. The two ladies we'll talk about is Hannah and Paniah, Hannah and Paniah. Now you say, well, I've heard all that before. No, you haven't. There's still so much that, that God can, that we can glean through these pages. So I want to tell you today, I want to advise you, don't go before us, but follow with us as we go into the word of God today and let the Lord show you hidden mysteries that have not been revealed, at least not to me anyway. First Samuel, let's look at verse number one. First Samuel, the first chapter, verse number one reads like this. Now, there was a certain man of of Ramah Fahim Zophim. And Ramah Fahim Zophim means double height of the watchers. Double height of the watchers. So this certain man is from a very high place. I want you to see this first of all. He's from a high place. So again, there was a certain man of Ramah Fahim Zophim, which of course means double, double height of the watchers of Mount Ephraim. Again, of Mount Ephraim, Mountain Ephraim, you see this? And his name was Elkanah. Now, Elkanah means God has possessed or God has created. God has possessed or God has created. Today, you're going to see types and shadows. Types and shadows. Let the Lord reveal this to you. So Elkanah is from the double height of the watchers. Watchers mean someone that is looking from a high place, looking from a high place. And again, Elkanah's name means God has possessed or God has created. So right away, we know just from those first two lines of the scripture here, we can see a picture of God, God from a double high place watching and he is one who possesses all things, and he's one also who creates all things. That's important for you to know. And so the Bible says here that he is from Mount Ephraim, uh, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jerohim, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, and Ephraimite, rather, an Ephrathite. And verse number two says, he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah. Hannah. The name of the other was uh, Peniah. Peniah. And Peniah had children, but Hannah had no children. Now, a picture is developing here. First of all, the Lord tells us about Elkanah, a man from a high place. And this man that is from a high place, whose name means God possessed or God has created. This uh, who's from the place means the, uh, the, the double height of the watchers. 
So we see a picture of God here. And we see that Elkanah has two wives. Hannah, the name Hannah means grace. The name Hannah means grace. The name Paniah means jewel. It means jewel. We see here that Hannah, through this verse, verse number two, Hannah had no children, but Paniah had children. Now, I want you to know something here that you really have to go into uh, historical accounts and also into other uh, rabbinical teaching to understand that Hannah was actually the first wife. Elkanah had two wives once again, Hannah and Paniah. Hannah was the first wife. And most scholars will say that, that Elkanah and Hannah were actually married for 10 years, about 10 years, before Elkanah married Paniah. Now, it is uncertain, but I believe that we can glean from the text that, that Elkanah married Paniah because Hannah could have not have children. She was barren. And the scripture says plainly why she couldn't have children, because God had closed up her womb. She could not have children. Now, I want you to understand, understand something. Hannah, again, names means grace. So Hannah is representing grace, grace or the favor of God. Now, Jesus is the giver of grace, right? The law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So I want you to see a picture unfolding here. God, who is high at a high place, wants to produce offspring. Elkanah here. Elkanah here, remember his name means God possesses or God creates. And God wants to produce offspring. And so he chooses it first uh, to be brought forth through grace. God will bring forth offspring through grace. And isn't that what Jesus has done? Through the grace of God, you and I are here today. Through the grace of God, we have been begotten by the Spirit because we have believed in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And now we are children of God based upon the grace of God. The Bible says that, that we are not saved by our own works because our own works or righteousness is as a filthy rag. You and I, are, we only have favor in the sight of God today because of his grace, because of the grace of God. God wishes or wanted to produce offspring and he first chose grace. But listen, grace cannot produce without a certain measure of pain. Grace will not produce without a certain measure of pain or pressure. Now we said here that for some time, scholars say for about 10 years or so, uh, Elkanah and Hannah were together and they were attempting to have children, but Hannah could not have children. Hannah representing grace. So Elkanah decided to marry again and he married Paniah. Now, Paniah's name once again means jewel. Jewels are made beneath the surface of the earth, or created, should I say, beneath the surface of the earth under immense pressure. Under immense pressure. So, Paniah here is about to introduce pressure to grace. And you're going to see this in the Word of God. When grace is under pressure, it will eventually produce. 
The Hannah did not produce without the pressure of the Paniah. So if you know anything about this, anything about this text of scripture, you know these words to be true. And so again, in verse number two, it says, and he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, the other, um, and the name of the other, Paniah. Paniah had children, but Hannah had no children. Verse number three, and this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts, or the Lord of heaven's armies, in Shiloh. Shiloh, the name Shiloh means place of rest, place of rest. So yearly, Elkanah, being a godly man, bringing his family before the Lord, and they would bring some sort of animal, maybe some sort of uh, sheep with them, to the house of God, to Shiloh, to worship before the Lord. This was the time before synagogues. This was the time before churches and all of that. This was a time when the man discipled his own family, praise the Lord. And yearly they would go up before the Lord with their sacrifice, with their chosen sacrifice, with their best. And they would bring it to the house of the Lord. This is where the high priest at that time, Eli right now, he would examine the sacrifice and see if it was suitable for the Lord. And upon being um, approved by the high priest, then they would sacrifice it. That, that is that they would, um, that they would uh, burn the sacrifice. He would offer it up before the Lord. And then, of course, they'd take some of the meat of the sacrifice. It's a burnt offering. And then the family would eat of the meat as an offering before the Lord. Are you hearing? So I want you to see this. So as they go, the Bible says in verse number three, this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Shiloh means again, place of rest. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the, the priests of the Lord, were there. Now the thing I want you to notice here about Hophni and Phinehas, if you go forward in the text and, and let's go forth in uh, 1 Samuel here, you'll see how Hophni and Phinehas were definitely some scoundrels. These two men were seducing, seducing the women at the gates of the church, at the gates of the temple, seducing the ladies. That is that they were having sex with the women. These two men who were supposed to be dedicated to God, then uh, pushing themselves off on these ladies. And not only that, they were also messing with the Lord's offerings with the meats and, and with the things, the sacred things that belong to God. So we would say in today's time, they were womanizers and they were messing with the money. Eli, the high priest, knew his sons were doing this. God had already told him, Eli, mm -mm, this is bad. You got to stop this. But Eli didn't stop his two sons. Hophni and Phinehas were the sons of Eli. They were preacher's kids, and he didn't stop his children from doing this. So the Lord had a plan. And the Lord would bring judgment to Eli's house, and he would put his house back in order through the Samuel. Are you with me today? So look at this. It says in, in uh, verse number four, or rather verse Verse number three again at the end it says, and, and the two sons of Eli, uh, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. 
That's important for us to know they were there. They were there. This activity was going on. This house, the temple of God, was out of order. It was out of order. And God was going to bring judgment on his house. And he was going to actually use a baby that Hannah could not have. He was going to produce out of grace a judge that would put his house back in order. Look at verse number four. It says, and when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Penina, his wife, and to her sons and daughters portions. But unto Hannah, he gave a worthy portion. This worthy portion means he was honoring Hannah above all the others. He, it says, uh, but to Hannah, he gave a worthy portion for he loved Hannah. He loved Hannah. Uh, but the Lord had shut up her womb. The Lord had shut up her womb. Now, I want, to, I want you to let you know you again. I want you to let you know once again that this worthy portion or this double portion set her apart from the rest. It was saying to Peniah and all the children, all the family, um, Elkanah was saying, I love this woman. She has my heart. She has my heart. And this setting aside of meat was something that also that Samuel did in uh, first in the, in the um, first Samuel nine, first Samuel nine. Let's look at verse number twenty three. Verse twenty three says, and this is when he um, was about to anoint Saul as king. Samuel then instructed the cook. This is first Samuel nine, verse twenty three. It says Samuel then instructed the cook to bring Saul the finest cut of meat. The piece that he had set aside for for the honor, rather for the guest of honor. He had set aside this piece of meat. So Elkanah was setting aside this for Hannah in front of all the others. Now, what did Paniah do when she saw Hannah being favored and honored? Verse, verse 6 says, and her adversary... The Bible calls Peniah her adversary. In other words, one standing against, one to oppose another. Here's the pressure. Remember, we told you that the name Peniah means jewel, and jewel talks about immense pressure, pressure that's about to be exerted upon grace. Verse 6 says, and her adversary also provoked, provoked, that is to bitterly irritate and embarrass. She provoked her sore for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. Now, why was Paniah, uh, why was she Hannah's adversary? Why was she provoking her? She was provoking her because God's favor was being poured out on Hannah and Paniah didn't like it. Now, at this point, Paniah is being used by the devil. But God is using the actions of Paniah to bring Hannah to the place where she can produce the Samuel. Now, I want you to see this because even as Hannah, even as Paniah is being used of the devil and she is exerting pressure on Hannah, 
pressure on Hannah. And she's doing this year after year. She's causing Hannah to fret. She's causing Hannah uh, to be stressed out, to be worried. She's causing her to cry. She is tormenting Hannah. Paniah is tormenting her year after year. They come up to this place and to Shiloh, this resting place. So we can say they come up to the house of God to offer. And every time Hannah goes in, the favor of God falls upon her. Uh, by her husband saying that I love this one. Hannah receives the love of God. She's receiving favor of God. And as she's doing that, at the same time, the enemy's coming and he's pressing her and pressing her and pressing her and pressing her. Now, let this be familiar to you because many times as people come into the house of God, into a place of rest, they receive pressure from the enemy. And they say, I can't go back to that church because they talk about me over there. I can't go back here and I can't go back there because there's too much pain. But it is the pain that God has allowed to be in that place that is positioning you to get into God's presence which is positioning you to receive power to eventually receive your promise we've run from pain so much but it is the pain and it is the pressure that God is exerting on you through the Paniah that will cause you to bring forth your Samuel because without the power rather without the pain or the pressure of the Paniah your Samuel will never come forth Remember, for historians say, scholars say that for 10 years, Elkanah and Hannah attempted to have a child. It wasn't the devil that was stopping them. It was God. God was, in fact, hurting her. He had her womb closed up until she got to the place where she could get in the presence of the Lord. This Paniah was being used of God. The devil meant it for evil. The devil meant the pain for evil. But God was using it to get Hannah in a position so that she could begin to produce the Samuel. You have a Samuel. Hannah was not suffering because she was Hannah. Hannah was suffering because of what she was carrying. She was carrying an anointing. Now Samuel was not in her physically at that moment. But she was carrying the Samuel with her inside. There was a dream. There was a, there was a, a burden on the inside of her heart. She was carrying and she would not produce this until she was in position. God will get you in position and you can carry a burden that other people don't know. They don't realize. They'll try their best to be so good to you. They'll try their best to shower you with things, but they don't understand the pain that you're in because of what you're carrying. I'm carrying something great. I'm carrying something mighty. I'm carrying something that will affect the generations. It's in me. You may not see it or even understand it, but I know it's in me and God's putting that desire inside of you but it's going to take the pain of a Paniah to produce the pressure to push out your Samuel your Samuel could be a business your Samuel could be a book your Samuel could be a ministry your Samuel could be a song. It could be a poem. Your Samuel could be a recipe something that God allows to come through you 
that's going to affect the generations. It's not about you. It's about what you carry. Hannah was going through this pain, this annual tormenting because of what she was carrying. This invisible thing that had not yet taken shape in the natural, but yet and still, it was in her. The Bible says in verse number six that, and her adversary also provoked her sore for to make her fret because the Lord has shut up her wound. Understand something too. That the devil always going to pick on you in an, in an area that you have where you have no control. Hannah could not control the fact that she could have no children. She couldn't control it. It was out of her control. So the devil chose to keep poking at her right there. Something that you cannot do. You've tried to do this, and she's tried multiple times with her husband, and always they would go into the tent, and then hopefully nine months later, nothing happened. Maybe she missed a period this month, but then again, she got a period. They were hoping, 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 but it never happened. And I'm not sure how many of you have ever been to the place where you've tried to do something over and over and over. You're hoping for different results. After a while, you just give up. You just say, this is never going to happen for me. But yet and still, there's something nagging you on the inside. You know that there's something great on the inside of you. If it would just come forth. If it would just come forth. Have you ever felt the enemy provoking you? Provoking you into submission. To let go of the thing that God has promised you. Hannah, oh Hannah, Hannah also allowed the devil to rob her while she was waiting. Don't allow the enemy to rob you. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Let's go to verse number seven now. Verse number seven says, and, and as he did so, rather, verse seven, and as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Verse 8, then they said Elkanah, her husband to, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? Why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better to thee? than ten sons. Hannah, while she was waiting on the promise, allowed the devil to steal her blessing. She was given a double portion. Favor was pouring out over her life. But she didn't eat it because she allowed the devil to torment her. She allowed the devil to get into her, to her head and she would cry and weep so that she wouldn't eat the favor that God has placed upon her. She wouldn't receive the love that God placed upon her because she was so consumed by the torment. Don't allow the enemy to steal another day of your life. Don't allow him to steal your praise. Don't allow him to, to consume the blessing, the favor that God has given unto you while you're waiting on your Samuel. Eat, drink, and have fun. Glory to God. There are more things working for your life and in your life than there are things going wrong. 
There is so much more that God has for you. So much more. So much more. While you're waiting, enjoy the favor of God. Because I tell you, the favor of God is being poured out on your life right now. The double portion, the worthy portion is, give, is being given unto you right now. The Father's love is being poured out upon you right now, even while you wonder, why haven't I gotten this new job? Why haven't I gotten this promotion? Why don't I have the money? Why can't things seem to be getting together? I want to do this and, and I want to do that. Why can't I do it? If God has shut up your womb, then that means praise him until your answer has come through. Praise him, praise him, praise him, because I tell you, there are more with you than there are against you. Things are working out in your favor right at this very moment don't ignore the favor of God and the blessings of God because you haven't received what you've been praying for praise him anyway because God is worthy he is faithful and he is always faithful to his promises don't allow the devil to steal another day don't allow the enemy to steal another day now I want you to hear also the tauntings of the enemy Hear the tauntings of the enemy. Because even though, even though the Panaya, her adversary, Panaya could not stop Elkanah from giving Hannah a double portion. He couldn't stop it. He could not stop, or rather, Paniah could not stop Elkanah from giving Hannah a double portion. Paniah could not stop Elkanah from loving Hannah. But what could Paniah do? What could this adversary do? This adversary was simply saying, yeah, you got the double portion, but I'm going to make you so, so afraid and so sick. And so I'm going to make you cry so much you won't eat it. Yeah, you'll get this new job. Yeah, but you'll hate going to it every single day. Yeah, you'll get that new house, but I'm going to make sure that you're going to hate uh, that you're going to hate uh, cleaning it. I'm going to make sure that you're going to hate washing it or rather and, and all that stuff. Yeah, you'll get that new husband, but I'm going to make sure that you're going to hate to hear him breathe at night. Yeah, you're going to get it, but you're not going to eat it. Hear the tauntings of the enemy. Hear the tauntings of the enemy. No. You're going to have to say no. We will enjoy the favor of God. You will enjoy the blessing of the Lord that makes rich and adds no sorrow. Don't allow the devil to steal another day of your life another blessing from your life eat your food eat your double portion eat receive the favor of God receive the love of God that he's pouring out upon your life even at this very moment realize once again that God uses he uses pressure in order for you to produce your Samuel Look at verse number eight. Once again, it says, then said Elkanah, her husband to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? Why are you crying? And why eatest thou not? Why is thy, rather, yes, why is thy heart grieved? Why are you so sad? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? Understand 
People can be good to you, and they're great to you. And I want to read this, too, out of um, the New Living Translation, 1 Samuel 1, verse 8, out of the New Living Translation. It reads like this. I like the way they put it here. It says, why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask, why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having 10 sons? If I were there right now, I would tell Elkanah, come here, Elkanah, let me pat you on the back. I realize, I realize what you're trying to do, bro. I really do. But she's carrying a burden. She's carrying a burden that human love cannot fulfill. She's carrying something in her that a, re a human relationship cannot fulfill. Yes, be good to her. Glory to God, man. Yes, be good to your wife. But you need to pray for her because she's carrying a burden. She needs to be delivered of that burden. And there is some pain that will not be taken away until it is birthed. It's kind of like a woman uh, in labor with a child. It's going to get to the place where there's going to be a birthing or one of you will die. After the baby gets to a certain point, if the baby does not come out, one of them will die. Mama or baby will die. Because the two are not meant to live together in perpetual union. It has to come out. It cannot remain in the same state. And I'm telling you today that if you are indeed pregnant with the word of God, with the will of God for your life, then it's going to take a measure of pressure to get it out. But this pressure is not meant to be perpetual. Even in Hannah and Paniah, this happened annually. Every time they would go up to worship. But after they left, things would somewhat go back to normal, possibly. Maybe there was a little bit of tormenting there, there by the hut or something. I don't know. But I do know that coming up into the place of rest, into Shiloh, there was tormenting. And this tormenting was only for a season. And it was meant to be so in order to push out the Samuel. Pain is not always bad when you allow it to promote you or place you into God's presence. And then his presence will produce power and his power will ultimately produce the power that you'll need to push out the Samuel. We run from pain. We run from pressure. But in fact, it is that that you need to push out your Samuel. James, the first chapter, look at this. James, the first chapter, we're beginning to close here. James, first chapter, verse number two says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So this trial, this pressure, is making you perfect. Pain works for you when pain pushes you into the presence of God. And in the presence of God, you will receive the power that will lead you to your promise. 
1 Peter 5, 1 Peter 5, verse number 10 says, 1 Peter 5, verse 10 says, But the God of all grace, who have called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after ye have suffered a while. After the suffering, after you have suffered a while, not perpetually, not all the time, after you have suffered a while, what make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. Grace needs pressure to position it in God's presence. And from his presence, you will receive the power you need to push out your Samuel. Are you hearing? First Peter 4, verse 12. First Peter 4, verse 12 says this. Listen to this. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing were as though some strange thing happened unto you. Verse 13. But rejoice. Somebody needs to rejoice. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye shall be glad also with exceeding joy. Verse 14, if ye be reproached, tormented, talked about, ridiculed, embarrassed for the name of Christ, happy are ye. Why would you be happy? For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of. But on your part, he is glorified. The glory of God rests upon you. In your place of pain, in your place of pressure, God's glory is resting upon you. It's like he's like a mother hen that's brooding over, brooding over her eggs. The glory of God is resting upon you. And sooner or later, there will be a birth. There will be a cracking forth of the egg. And the beak will come forth. And new life will shine when pressure is on you when the pain and agony of life is upon you God's glory is upon you and that glory is there to position you into a place where you can release the power and the power will promote you into the presence of God that will promote you into your promise and you will have finally possess in your hand the Samuel that is not for you but it's for the generation around you we can get so selfish at times, and if you know this account, we'll get to it next week if the Lord wills. Hannah gives the promise back to God. She receives the burden from the heart of God and carries this, whether she knows it or not. And at the conclusion of it, she gives the burden right back into the heart of God. She gives her Samuel to be with the Lord. She says he'll serve you and you alone. I want you to realize today that Jesus, the giver of grace, went through tremendous pressure. Tremendous pressure. Immense pressure in order to produce your salvation, my salvation. Grace does not produce 
without pressure. Grace does not produce without pressure. And that is the pattern that God has set for all of us. It's a part of life. In order for you to have, in order for you to start your car when you go outside, your battery has a positive terminal and a negative terminal. Power is produced with the power and the negative. So when you do your thing and you stand forth in the light and, and people begin to talk about you and say, oh, she not all that. Oh, he not all that. Realize that their tauntings is actually something that you need. Because you won't be able to produce the maximum, the 100 fold without them. But we run from them when those haters are actually what you need. Haters gonna hate. Fakers gonna fake. That's a part of life. You can't change them no matter what you do. But let them be the fuel that you need. The fuel that you need to produce your Samuel over and over and over and over again. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. I pray you receive the word of God today. Give God a hand of praise. Give the Lord a hand of praise. We're going to stop there today. Father, we worship you and we adore you. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. And Father, we pray for your grace to endure the pain, to endure the suffering. May this pain lead us into your presence to pour out to receive power to produce our Samuels. It is only through your grace that this is possible. Lord, Lord, we receive what you've done and what you're doing in our lives. And Lord, we ask right now that you position us in that place where we can finally produce. For someone is holding a dream Someone is holding a passion that must come forth. A new business. Possibly children. A ministry. There's a desire that has to come forth. A desire that they've had for quite some time. We've run from the pain when it, is, when it was you that allowed the pain so that we could produce our Samuels. Father, may we no longer run, but may we lean into it and let that pain bring us into your presence so that we may finally produce because nothing else is going to satisfy us. It's not going to do it because the burden is too large. And my friends that have joined us here today and those of you that have joined us online, if you've not received the grace of God, if you've not received Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, then your pain is not productive. It is only productive when it leads you into the presence of God. So today, if you've never received Jesus, if you've never received the grace of God, I want to invite you just to pray with me. To make it official. If you believe in Jesus, in his death, 
in his burial and resurrection. You believe that God is alive, that, that God raised Jesus from the dead, and Jesus is alive forevermore. If you believe that, if you believe in him and, and confess him with your mouth and believe him in your heart, if you're willing to turn from your sins and turn to God, then the Father will receive you, I assure you. And in a way of uh, us having a first communication, maybe you've never really prayed before. Well, let me help you to pray and begin this new relationship with God. It's real simple. This prayer doesn't save you, but your belief in Jesus will save you. You can get on God's ark of safety and be saved from this toward, from this uh, evil and corrupt generation. So, I pray you pray this prayer with me. Come on, everybody, let's pray. Let's pray together and just say, Father, I come to you, a sinner in need of a savior. I believe in Jesus in his death, in his burial, and in and his resurrection. I thank you for saving me. I turn from my sins, from my evil ways, and I turn to you. And I ask you to come into my heart, to live in me, make me yours, and I'll serve you all the days of my life as you show me how. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me the evidence of a changed life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for helping me to bring forth my Samuel, this anointing that you place on the inside of me. I give you praise today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, my friends, if you just pray that prayer, out of the faith of your heart. I know that you are now a child of God, not because of the prayer, but because you believe in him. Go to our website at kingdomrock.org and click the contact button. Let us know of the decision that you've made for the Lord. And, and if there's anything we can do to help you, we're here to help you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you all the next time. Bye-bye. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.